0: What would you do for God if you knew it was him who asked? Now, I've asked that question before, and uh, we're quick to answer. Well, I would do anything. Really? Would you? We could say that, but we really don't know the details of assignment. But when he asks us to do something kind of bold with fuzzy details, then we can kind of like, kind of react. So I would say it probably depends on what he asks, right? Well, I've discovered this about me. God has asked me to do many things that I've failed to do already. And I know he's asked me to do them. And I know if if it's if it's him who's asking, and I still don't do what I, I do what he wants, and I do what I want to do when I want to do, then why am I even pretending like, well, I would do anything for you? Because it's just not true. Not true. Paul said it this way: For I do not do the good I want to do, but I practice the evil I don't want to do. That's Romans 7, 19. The bigger question is this. How is God shaping my life that I might do what he asked me to do? What tools are he using to get me to think rightly and to obey immediately and be fully devoted to him? Here in Genesis is one of the, well, the most troubling passages we'll encounter. there's some really troubling passages in Genesis. For me to say that is probably a big thing. God instructs Abraham to offer Isaac, the promised son, as a sacrifice. This is troubling because God totally is against human sacrifice. Totally. is in abhorrent yeah, to him. He doesn't want anything to do me, <the> U- <coordinating Sha> with it. He considers this a horrible practice. And so he condemns nations for doing this. And now he's asking Abraham to do this for Isaac. And this is just crazy. For him to ask Abraham to do such a thing is such a departure from God's character that it's hard to understand or even grasp. Now, this is a complex account. Looking back, we can see the foreshadowing sacrifice of Jesus Christ. The very mountain that Abraham would offer Isaac up as a sacrifice is the very mountain where Jesus was crucified. That's not coincidental. That is intentional. And the very mount where the temple would be constructed by Solomon is the very mount where Isaac would be sacrificed. So all of this plays into the divine storytelling of God, of revealing his revelation of who, who he is. So it's, this, is not, um, this is not by accident. God promised a ram to replace Isaac, and God provided the spotless lamb of God, Jesus, to replace us. To replace us on the cross. We should die for our sins, but God himself took our place through Jesus Christ. God did the very thing he hated, human sacrifice, that we might be saved. The God-man, Jesus Christ, human sacrifice, that we might be saved. The most vile thing God did for us, because we're the most loved by God. So theological hindsight really is a beautiful thing. This brings us back to the question, what would I do for God if I knew it was him who asked? Would you offer up your child? Would you? The challenge for us is to find the truth and direct our lives accordingly. God's not going to ask you to kill your kids. But God is going to ask you to give your life. Hmm. So let's go on this adventure in Genesis. Father, thank you for your word speaking so directly to us. And Lord, as we deal with this big text, and all this complex theology, let us see the humanity in it, and let us hear from you in it. We pray this in your name. Amen. Amen. Before I jump into this, I want to remind you to sign up for our shout-out and take the weekend with you, the material we're releasing every week that's a continuation of the discussion of, of Genesis. You can use this as a small group curriculum if you like. Watch it with your family. Consume it by yourself. But anyway, just keep the conversation going. Keep living in the presence of God. Now I'm going to read for you a long passage out of Genesis 22, and it's 14 verses. So I'll read fast, and you just kind of follow with me. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, here am I, Abraham answered. Take your son, he said, your only son Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and, and offer him there as a burnt offering to me on the mountain that I will tell you about. So Abraham got up early in the morning, saddled his donkey, took with him two of his young men and his son Isaac, he split wood for burnt offering and set out to go to the place where God had told him about. And on the third day Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkey. The boy and I will go up over there to worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on his son Isaac in his hand. He took the fire and the knife, and the two men, two of them walked together together. Isaac spoke to his father. Abraham said, My father, he replied, Here I am, my son. Isaac said, The fire and the wood are here, but there's, where's the lamb for the burnt offering? And Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. Then the two of them walked on together. And they arrived at the place that God had told them about. Abraham built the altar there and arranged the wood. He bound his son Isaac and placed him on the altar on the top of the wood. And Abraham reached out and took the knife and to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called him from heaven saying, Abram, Abram, he replied. Here am I, he said, I'm sure with a big sigh. Do not lay hand on the boy or do anything to him, for now I know that you fear God, and since you have withheld nothing from your son, your only son from me, not withheld your only son from me. Abraham looked and saw a ram caught in a thicket by its horns. So Abraham went and took the ram and offered it as a burnt offering in a place of his son. And Abraham named the place the Lord will provide, Jehovah-Jireh. So today it is said, I will be provided on the Lord's mountain." You see, Abraham was facing a test from God. It seems to be a bit bizarre that God would test Abraham at this late date in his life. For all these years, Abraham had followed faithfully. It, not perfectly, but faithfully. Not without mistakes, but faithfully he followed. And God had guided Abraham. And God had, had really prevented a lot of disasters from happening. And now he had this son of promise. And uh, so there was something going on. Maybe Abraham made had made Isaac an idol. Maybe he started loving Isaac more than he loved God, and Abraham was putting this on a promise before God. I don't know if that's true or not, but that might have been. Maybe Abraham, maybe Abraham had become, become lazy in the Lord and stopped living in his presence or consciously living. I, I don't know if that to be the case either, but there was something going on that God would bring this test to Abraham, and he did. You see, God sees things in our lives that we don't see. He knows the content of our hearts, and he uses tests to reveal to us and to correct us. A test and temptations and trials and trepidation, all these things work together for God who's busy working on our lives. Listen to this. This is a troubling passage for me. However, when the ambassador arrived from Babylon to ask about the remarkable events that had taken place in the land, God withdrew from Hezekiah in order to test him and to see what was really in his heart. And that's in 2 Chronicles 32, 31. i read that passage of scripture Because I felt like there was a season that God did that to me. He removed his hand from me to test the contents of my heart. In fact, I feel like that's happened to me recently. God's removed his hand from me to see if I was really living all for him or all for me. And I respect and honor the Lord for doing that. What would I do for God? And you would Him ask. And I find myself making excuses in my old age that I'm too old to do this, too old to do that. Or am I going to listen to the voice of the critics or listen to the voice of God? And so God brings these tests in my life. You see, reading the life of Abraham, I could come to the conclusion that he had arrived as a man of faith because God saw something different in him. And how I respond to God really reveals my trust in the Lord. How do I tell the difference between a temptation and a test? Okay. How do I tell the difference that God is testing my character or I'm being tempted by Satan to pursue my own way? How do I tell the difference? Temptations are the devil trying to bring out the worst in you. They're common to man, and God always provides a way of escape. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, Paul says this, No temptation has come upon you except it's common to humanity. But God is faithful. He will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able, but with the temptation, he'll also provide the way out so you may be able to bear it. Okay? So temptation comes from Satan to destroy me. And God is always protecting me and providing me a way of escape. He's giving me the ability to choose to flee temptation. Jesus was tempted in every way as we were, yet without sin, because he found his escape in the Lord. Hmm. Tests are tailor-made for us to bring about God's best for you. You might experience things that no one else experiences, because God, personal spiritual growth is, is personal. It's individual. God is faithful in testing us and he wants to reveal our character. Testing can be physical, can be emotional, can be spiritual or relational. I found out that most of the tests of my life have come relationally when I've been betrayed or, or criticized or whatever. And I'm very sensitive and I know that and I, I, I hate that, but I am. Um, I try to be very compassionate and sometimes that compassion is put to the test by betrayal. I was thinking back about as a pastor, how many times have I been betrayed over the 40 years? Lots, lots, lots and lots. By people that I've brought into my home. By people I've baptized. By people I've been on my staff. The hardest betrayal is the betrayal to face from leaders. You've entrusted and staff people that you've hired. It's hard. And those testing come. The testing comes through circumstances. Sometimes they come through choices. Or just the difficulty of life. Life's hard. And God brings these tests that I might pass the test. He's into A's, not into C's, not into D minuses. He's into A's. If you find yourself facing the same situation over and over again, it's because you haven't passed the test. Woo! I just got convicted. I Haven't passed the test. Hmm. It's amazing to me that Abraham responded to God without question. He obeyed God. He said, go out for your son. He saddled his donkey, gathered wood, went out. Here's some lessons from Abraham. The promises of God trumped the test of God, from God. Abraham had such faith in God that he knew even if he killed Isaac, God could raise him from the dead or replace him with another kid from Sarah. Abraham and Sarah had seen so many miracles that they trusted God. All tests from God have the same result. They build trust by faith. Some people think, some theologians think, that this was the last straw for Sarah. That after Abraham went to offer Isaac on the mountain, Sarah said, I'm done. And she moved away from him because at the time of her death, they were living apart. I don't know if that's true. But man, this was a huge test. Abraham knew God that was the deliverer and so we call God the name Jehovah-Jireh, the God who provides. See, Abraham believed God. He knew God would come through. Abraham didn't know why. He didn't know where. He didn't know how. He just knew God, and that was enough. How can I come to that same level of trust? By faith. By faith. I can witness the promises of God in the lives of others, and I can experience those promises of God in my own life. Whichever I do, I have to trust that in the test, God will bring me through. Because Abraham trusted God, he experienced God, and that's the same thing for me and for you. God never asked anyone else to sacrifice their child. He never did, except for himself. When he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. You see, the testing of God will produce amazing results in our life. No discipline is enjoyable while it's happening. It's painful. But afterwards, there will be a peaceful harvest of right living for those who are trained by it. Abraham received a whole new level of spiritual maturity out of trusting God and Isaac. We look back and we see this and we gain a whole different perspective on God. Isaac's faith was tested through this and was approved. He witnessed God coming through. I doubt he ever went camping again with his dad, just saying. But I think he learned to trust the God of his father. Because later you see Isaac claiming God as his God, not the God of his father. Abraham had the new assurance that the promise of God was trustworthy And he even had a new name for God, Jehovah-Jireh. Abraham had a deeper love for God. Wow. So what would you do for God if you knew of him, I ask? God will test you because he loves you. And he'll find the contents of your heart. So don't be willing to say, well, I'd do anything. Because you know it's not true. You know it's not true. You won't give of your money. You won't give of your time. You won't sacrifice your pleasure. You'll stay locked in your little bubble. You won't even talk to your neighbor about Jesus. Don't lie to God, but put your heart in a place that when he asks, you you say yes. And do those things in obedience because you love him. I want to end with this. I'm going to end this with a prayer. And I know I always do, and I end it with a prayer of salvation that you might trust Jesus, and I want you to do that. But I want to pray this prayer for you, and it's going to be on the screen. You can follow with me. But this is the prayer Paul prayed to the church in Ephesus. Listen to this. When I think of all this, I fall on my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth, and I pray from his glorious and limited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. When Christ makes make his home in your heart as you trust in him. Your roots will go down deep into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep his love is, You may experience the love of Christ, though it's too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that comes from God. Now all glory to God, who is able, through his mighty power, to work within us, to accomplish infinitely more than we could ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations, forever and ever. Amen. 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 Take your next step. Sign up for our Take the Weekend with you. And keep living all for Jesus. Thank you for your generosity. Hey, it's starting to get warm. Need to baptize? Come to Texas. We'll get you in the water. Love you, and I'll see you soon.